Welcome to the Love on the Go podcast, brought to you by Carolina's Matchmaker. I'm Laurie Burzak, and for over 17 years, I've been helping singles find the relationship of their dreams all over the Carolinas. Along the journey, I've met so many amazing professionals and experts from various fields, and I'm excited to introduce them to you. What's my goal? I want to help you look at love and relationships in a new way and to grow in your understanding of how love works. Let's learn together how people have overcome personal obstacles and have found love, first and foremost, with themselves. The ultimate goal is realizing that you are worthy and deserving of love. Let's get started. I am really excited to have Hunt Etheridge, a colleague of mine, on the show today. Welcome, Hunt. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm excited, as always, to sit and chat with you. It's going to be fun. Yeah, for sure. So Hunt is an award-winning international dating and relationship expert with over 15 years of experience, and he helps people become the best, most dateable version of themselves. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. And um, he's done a lot of focus on coaching and kind of what makes people more dateable, lessons learned, and how it translates into personal and professional lives. And he focuses a lot on confidence building, leadership, image and style, conversation skills, creating chemistry. I want to talk about that and reconnecting with fun and more. So you've been on a lot of media outlets and um, Hunt and I know each other from the Matchmakers Alliance. So we've been on a lot of fun trips together. Yes, we have. And we have collaborated and we have just, uh, we have a mutual um, respect for one another's crafts. So yep. really, we've both, we've both been in the business for quite some time. So we love comparing notes. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And we were just last in Cancun together at the Matchmakers Alliance conference. And that was, of course, a ball. And also uh, just, oh, he's holding up. For those of you that <laughs> can't see the screen, um, he's holding up the tote bag. So if you want to see this, you can go to my YouTube channel There you go, and you can see um, the beautiful tote bag that was created for <laughs> the conference. So uh, Hunt, um, I don't even know where to start. I kind of want to talk about like what makes someone more dateable. Sure. Let's yeah, do that. That's the thing. Like basically I kind of say it's self-betterment through the lens of dating. Okay. You know, it's 80% of what I do is teach people how to be a better human being. Whether you, what you use those skills for, um, it can be the same skill set as, as a sales job. You find the person, you figure out their pleasure points and push them, their pain points and assuage them. You figure out what you have in common, what you can bond over, create some chemistry. And then yeah. whether you ask for a date or whether you ask for a sale, it's basically the same skill sets that have gotten you there. Hmm. So what do you think that maybe isn't resonating for people when they go on dates? I think, and obviously without being too gendered, we know that men mm -hmm. approach dating one way and women mm -hmm. approach dating another way a lot of times. Yes. Um, I tell my clients that most of what we work on is learning how to get out of our own way. Okay. And that we all are wonderful people and you know, overgeneralizing a bit, but that I think it's our hangups or what we're, we're thinking other people are thinking mm. that start to play and get in our head, which makes how we react be something like, for instance, workout sweat and stress sweat smell different. Um, oh. 
that's what you know like when someone comes straight out of the you know hard working guy with a you know uh uh axe over his shoulder after chopping wood and it's like it's got a sexy sweaty smell but um basically we sweat from a different place that has lipids in it which is a little bit greasier when we're stressed out and it has that acrid smell to the stress smell so if you are in your head and you're getting stressed out because of this and then you are sweating the stress sweat your date is smelling either consciously or unconsciously through the pheromones this stress sweat which is an immediate basic turn off whereas if that stress sweat wasn't there to begin with we could move forward in the date okay what if they're wearing deodorant everything is is workable that's a thing. But in trying to get people in the right headspace for doing it, then you don't need as many crutches and mm-hmm. tips and tricks and this is and that. Like, and you know this too, but like sometimes I get my men, they say, wait a minute. So, you know, for months of working together, like all you're saying is I just need to walk up to someone and say, hi, I'm Eric. Like, yes, <laughs> that's it. That's it. But to get someone there where they feel good about themselves. They're walking with confidence. They're dressed with style. They're not (laughs) anxious about what the conversation is going to be and feels that they can bring some value to that. Well, that's what takes, you know, time to build up. Yeah. So I've worked with anxious clients before men and women, but let's talk about men for a minute. What do you think are some good tips and tools for men to relax their nervous system and be able to walk into a date, not anxious? I think that, well, the media affects both men and women in all different generations, but I think that one thing that kind of sticks in my guys' heads a lot is Mm -hmm. happy wife, happy life. In that all I need to do is make sure she's happy, maybe even to the detriment of my own happiness, and things will work themselves out. So there's two kind of things that's wrong. I mean, other than the whole general thing being wrong with it, but one If you're too concerned about someone else's happiness, you're going to be anxious and worried and trying to figure, does she like this? Does she not like this? Yada, 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 things Mm -hmm. like that. And if you're focused on their fun, you're not focused on your fun. And if you're not enjoying yourself, your body language is not going to read like that. And she may not feel comfortable because she can read that you're not at ease. So, you know, as an example. Right. So what I, what I will tell my, my male clients is before they walk into the restaurant, the bar, wherever they're meeting up, it's to take a few minutes to ground themselves, do some breathing exercises, um, kind of experience that idea of if they're like so far ahead of themselves, like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to have anxiety. I'm going to like shut down is really acknowledge that in your mind see, see it for what it is. And you can literally say to your anxiety, like have a conversation with it. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. I see you. And I know that you're trying to, um, just keep me on high alert and whatnot, which is what the human, what our human nature is all about, but I'm okay. So anxiety, go take a walk down the beach, grab yourself a cup of coffee, fear, all of it. Sadness. It's okay to feel it. Not be ruled by it. Yes grab a cup of coffee, go hang out on the pier. I'm good. You relax. And I've got this. Yeah. So you can literally talk to your brain in that way. Cause it's really, you know, your brain isn't really who you are, but our brain tries to do everything to control ourselves and to keep us in like a, like a fight or flight kind of a yes, mode, like completely. always protection. Right. Yes. yes. And some people get stuck in that when they go on dates. 
that's one of the things that I well, I think a lot of men that may not have a lot of experience have mm -hmm. really twisted senses of what the worst case scenario is out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, from they feel they'll get slapped across the face or if they just touch a woman that they'll be arrested for assault mm -hmm. or that women will look them up and down and be like, shoot, you know, go yeah. away. And they internalize all this fear and that makes them not want to do it. Yeah. So one of the things that I love to do when I take clients out into the real world, as I said, watch me do this. Yes. And then basically you'll see that there's no worst case scenario. Like right. worst case scenario really is a couple of polite sentences to each other. Yeah. Maybe an awkward silence. And then that's it. That that's it. Yeah. And when you can start overcoming that fear, oh, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. Like, yes. No, it's not. And then you can start kind of working on that. Mm -hmm. And also what I work on is building small successes. Mm -hmm. For instance, if you're a guy and you walk into a party and say, I'm going to get five phone numbers tonight and you don't, right. that doesn't make you feel great, but it's right. your fault because you gave yourself an unrealistic goal. Yes. So I teach my men as well too. The fir first thing, your first goal, your first activity, smile at one person. Can mm. I do that? Yes. Smile at one person. Then smile at three people. Then say mm -hmm. hello to one person. Then say hello to two people. Then ask someone where they're from. And identify someone you might know. So by the time that you might want to talk to someone that you're interested in, you mm -hmm. set yourself psychologically in a pattern of successes and wins mm. so that you feel good about yourself by that time. And that same thing is like tricking our brain, you know, rewiring our brain. We know, because mm -hmm. again, we are our biggest faults. Like when you could, you know, I'm sure you've had this too. You work with someone like finally like, trust you and put aside all of their issues and mm -hmm. they go out on a date and they're like oh it works like yes it does yes it does yeah and I love what you're talking about built it's basically building blocks to success and confidence mm -hmm. so try try those few things and then you've got your foundation and then the next level and then the the higher level will be grabbing a phone number and then how often do you text exactly. let's talk about that yeah, I, I say any of that right? stuff, also all of those things, a relationship, making out at the bar, phone number, sex, these are side effects mm. of being the type of person that people want to be around. Right. And so I think when you get that mental switch of it's not about chasing, it's about becoming, mm. that that helps, especially men, I think a lot, all of us as humans, if we see something, we want to go after it. It's human right. nature. Men right. get a little bit more a straight line focused right that can come across as desperate or needy or chasing or all of those things when it's just simply the human nature but right. if you are the type of person doing these things that make people say like who's that guy i want to know more about him and you draw people to you that's that's where the real magic starts to come yeah and i suspect alpha females are the same way yeah yeah, yeah. and there's yeah. there's a few of them here in new york <laughs> For all you men out there looking for alpha females, go to New York. You will yes, not have any problem. You got to do, make sure you do your own inner work, men, <laughs> like that you can be with a powerful boss, babe, and mm. feel okay wherever you are. What do you suggest people do to sort of handle that inner work? Well, here, here's the thing. Women are outpacing men. 
frankly. Mm-hmm. And and there there's there's phrases called heteronormative, which means like dressing your boy in blue and your girl in pink, heteronormative behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, women have smashed heteronormative behaviors of of the glass ceiling. And now they're being bosses and CEOs and managing directors and VPs and all this stuff. And that's awesome. Need it. But and again, I'm overgeneralizing, oversimplifying. I have found that women adamantly refuse to give up the heteronormative uh, ability of dating up or dating mm. equal. And yep. that I, that is my biggest challenge for my women clients mm-hmm. is because it's two parts. It's one, getting the women to be okay with something new and two, getting the men to be okay with themselves mm. with something new like this. Mm-hmm. And so my wife out earns me. Why? Because I am attracted to powerful women. I like tall, powerful brunettes. Um, and but I had to make sure that I'm okay with who I am, and because of all of the media attention on men being providers, and now that's going out. The thing is, men like to be providers, but we don't have to be providers of just money. Right. Just tell us what we are providing, mm. because if we don't know what we bring to the relationship. Okay, so first of all, this is the first generation in about 200 years where the men are predicted to do worse than their fathers Mm. um, for a variety of reasons. And this brings in a lot of internalized shame Mm -hmm. because though it's not our fault, we aren't doing as well. And so then you have these women that are outpacing this. And so you have men that are dealing with a bit of shame, working on themselves in this, and you have a woman that's out earning them, there has to be good communication between the couples. Because yes. why, why are you with me then? Why, mm-hmm. why, what, what do I bring to the table? Tell me, not subtly, just in like a dog. Treat, you know what? Treat me like a dog. Just tell me in small, simple words, I'm with you because you make me happy. I'm with you because I you bring out the best in me. Every day that I come home to you, it makes me excited and I get butterflies to know that I'll see you. Now I know what I'm providing. If mm-hmm. I'm not providing a monetary thing, I know what I'm bringing to the relationship. Mm-hmm. And then also on the other side of it, women have discovered in the workplace that showing vulnerability can be considered a weakness, even mm-hmm. though it is not. And so I've got this mask and this wall that works for them in, in, in the professional world. Yes. Now, again, they're out at the bar I see this woman that had a perfect boss babe. She's mm-hmm. got it all together, no vulnerabilities, nothing's lacking, out earns me. Why would I even go talk to her? Yeah. I see no place for me in this at all. And any man worth his salt has been rejected hundreds or thousands of times. Right. And it does add up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're just not in the mood for it. Right. So I have to tell my men, like, you have to figure out how to be okay with this and what you can offer, bring to a relationship. And I teach my women, like, you have to, one, be open to the fact, but if you are dating someone in this mixed socioeconomic ways, be very upfront about what, why you want to be together. Yeah. Now, I know that it is concerning a lot of times for men to approach a woman, if we're talking about, you know, the heterosexual world Mm -hmm. in a bar setting or restaurant or whatnot. And especially when the women are with a group of women, uh, yeah, with a group of women and they're, you know, it's hard to kind of approach that, that grouping. 
So when you take men out into the wild, do you take a group of men or just one man at a time? Usually one at a time, but sometimes I'll take two so that the two of them can, can do together. But I don't bring men out to meet women or women out to bring men. Okay. Meet men because the energy gets weird. Like I remember specifically bringing a guy out to Williamsburg, Brooklyn, you know, hot, hip place, going into the club with hundreds of people. And he's like, there's not one good looking girl here. And I'm just like, you know, one, you know, yes, there are. And two, now I have to fight. Right. I either have to fight to convince him Mm. that there are, or I have to fight to go find a place that he feels they are worthy okay so and also like you've seen sometimes too pete when you host a singles event some people yeah. walk in just look right around and like then just like adopt an attitude because they don't see anything yeah immediately that they yeah. want so and it's I a defense mechanism completely and mm-hmm. nobody wants to meet the sour face you know yeah. and and so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy so mm-hmm. i bring all my clients out to networking events and cool fun stuff to do around in the city galas and white parties and um finale like uh new york city's uh best croissant finale uh-huh. brought a uh, client to or the uh vintage clothing festivals third places okay basically also because i want them to practice just talking yeah without just intent. approaching yeah mm-hmm. yeah i love that man woman young old married mm-hmm. single mm-hmm. i because also like <laughs> I really want to get into it with the men and say, okay, you see a pretty girl. Who are the gatekeepers to that yeah. woman? The men and their friends. Right. But you have to learn to win over different groups of people mm-hmm. to get access to the person that you want to talk to as well. Totally. So what do you recommend to a man that you've taken out into the wild who is interested in speaking to a woman who is surrounded by a group of men and women? You have to stand out, first of all, is in the simplest thing. Everyone has been through this, you know, this hamster wheel for so long right now that you do have to catch people's attention. What I ask my clients is, would you date you? Mm. You know, if you walked, if your Adonis or your Aphrodite walked in right now, uh-huh. you'd be able to earn them. Okay. You know, what, if we want to go straight cold marketing, what's your competitive advantage? Okay. And so- Sometimes I ask them to answer, but most of the time I don't. It's just more of a thought thing for them. But if it's to go, it's like, okay, let's look around. Let's look at our surroundings. Let's figure out what is our competition. Because then I say, okay, now look at that woman. What can we tell about her? And I teach them how to do a cold read. Okay, well, okay, she is at Starbucks at 3 p.m. So most likely she doesn't have a nine to five job and she's around here, could be a creative type, could be in school. I see that she is hanging out with two other females that look about the same age as she is. So I'm going to guess either co-workers or college students. Now looking at their dress, I see that they're dressed up in business suits, which makes me think that they are working, but being three o'clock in the afternoon, maybe now it's real estate because why are they at Starbucks at 3 p.m. in a group? Now I see their body language seems to be open and laughing. So they seem to be in a good mood and they seem to know each other pretty well. And I see two of them holding iPhones. So they're definitely not broke. And the other one is, uh, has a photo of a dog on her iPad. So I bet that if you wanted to talk about dogs, that's a way to get in. So if you, and obviously if you can just whittle it down to one thing, you know, and just, just something that you can notice, something that you can find a commonality to. Um, because, you know, if I, 
look at someone and I see that they have uh, embroidered lobsters on their shorts. <laughs> I'm going to make a couple of assumptions on where they're from. Probably right. the Northeast. That's right. I'm from the Northeast. So mm-hmm. that's something that I may approach that person with okay. using that data with, because now it's in a world that I'm comfortable with, that I'm com- that I'm comfortable talking to. And we work on creating like safe spaces mentally, like topics to talk about that you could talk about at length okay. and how to transition or segue into those topics from just about anywhere. So it removes the anxiety that you mm-hmm. feel kind of when you walk up going, I don't know what to talk about. Do you have any like really great open opening lines? that you recommend to people? I accidentally uh, created one when I was in my single days. Um, okay. That seems to work and gets gets some fun. You got to have a little bit of tongue in cheek with it. But my friend and I were out at a bar, the two most beautiful women in the bar. We were just, mm-hmm. you know, like, damn, look at them across the bar. Right. We just had no desire to go up and talk to them right now. We were just having fun talking with each other, catching up and stuff like that. But as they were in our eyesight, we just saw man after man coming in, shooting their shot and just getting shot down and right. it was so entertaining for us oh my god so after a few drinks you know i just walk out and like i just want to let you guys know you guys are hilarious we were having so much fun my buddy and i are just over there watching you guys have fun and i went back just and then every time from then that a guy came up i'd see them going like looking over at us and kind of like laughing like, right no, 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 no. yeah yeah you know like this and over like 25 minutes, a half an hour, hour of just doing that. Finally, they came over to us to oh, talk wow. to us. Yeah. Which wasn't even the point. Yeah. To do it. Yeah. But then to realize because that because there wasn't doing it for the point of meeting them. Right. That created interest and, in, you know, I call yeah. it positive emotional drama. And so yeah. now they wanted to find out why we weren't coming over to talking That's right. to them. Yeah. You know, and and so, again, I think it's when people notice you doing something fun or yeah. being fun that catches their attention. Yeah. Um, I kind of call it setting yourself up for the second time, too, because mm-hmm. everybody is so useful. Well, basically, it's being positive emotional drama is another way of saying like positive uh, unexpectedness, you know. Yeah. And so if I go up and say, uh, I, I did, that uh, dress is beautiful on you. It reminds me of the Mediterranean in, in November. Anyways. You have fun with your girlfriends. I'm going to go hang out with my boys. They're like, wait, what? just wait, what? Wait, hold on a second. Because most of the time men will come up, compliment you, and then want to stick in the moment. Right. And see how much they can get out of it conversation wise or things like that. Yeah. So by flipping that kind of script, you're showing that I am not desperate. Right. I have caught your notice. Now I exist in your brain. Mm -hmm. You're going to start thinking about things. And I'm going to find out if you're interested in me because you might have to do a little bit of work. But now I can, if I'm in a large event space, I can say that to five different people because it's all true and there's nothing, no rules against it. Right, exactly. And then so over the course of the evening, I may find myself next to someone Yep. that I had previously broken the ice with. And then yeah. it just kind of a natural flow. So I, one of the things I teach my students is to do called one-offs. Okay. Basically a comment to someone where you're expecting absolutely nothing in return. Okay. You're walking past Macy's. You see a woman okay. looking in the window. Yep. A dress. I definitely think the, the green one would look better on you than the red. Have a good day. Continue. Right. Going. Don't right. stop. Yep. When they feel that you're not offering any, they're not trying to get anything out of it. Yes. Yeah. Get interested in you. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the old thing that happens. Like 
man, when I didn't have a girlfriend, there were no girls around. And the minute right. that I get a girlfriend, now the girls are coming out of the woodwork. Right. It's because you now you're not trying. pursuing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so how do we get, like, again, that mental right. state of still wanting that thing, mm-hmm. letting them know that you want that thing. Right. But not being perceived as someone that's going to be too reckless and chasing and desperate or whatever. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's really good. It's kind of like making a comment to somebody on an elevator and then seeing them again, like later on in the day and being like, oh, the girl from the elevator. I've even said like the set yourself up for the second time thing works not just in the same evening, but like, for instance, if you just move to a new place and you've got a local, you start going to the local bar and you have a good, fun evening chatting to a woman. Yep. Take a risk and don't ask for her contact info. Yeah. Like I had a really great night with you. I hope I see you again. And you walk away again. It's that unexpectedness. Like she may be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Right. Come back, which is a good sign for you. And if mm-hmm. not, it's like, I'll yeah, see don't, you again. don't be so attached to the outcome. Just sort of be yes. in the moment and experience it for what it is and be willing yes. to let it go. And if it's something that's meant to be or happen, it will. And that's happen. what I would say to my women on my first, on their first dates. Okay. Because there is a tendency for women to look further down the line. Mm. They go out on a first date, especially when we get to a certain age. Like, is this a person that I could spend the next 25 years of my life with? Are we financially compatible? Like, chill. Right. You're on a first date. The point of a first date is not to run down a marriage checklist. The point of right. a first date is to get a second date. That's right. That's it. Point of if you're date interested is- or decide if you want a second date, right? And yes. And you may be too, <laughs> if you're too focused, men for me, and I won't speak of all men, but I think that when we see women thinking too far in the future, it means that they're not having fun now. Yes. And men more live in the moments. Mm-hmm. And to me, that would come across as that she's not having fun right now, not living in the moment, not experienced drinking in everything around them, but is too focused on what's on the paper or how we would mesh when I don't even know if I like you yet, you know? So mm-hmm. I think, and it's hard, I know, because we want, we just go through that like dating interview and want to check off all of our disqualifiers. Yeah. We need to back off a little bit. Yeah. Like you said, not be so concerned about the outcome, but more the process. But of course, nobody wants to hear that. Exactly. And what, in terms of body language, what kinds of things should people be looking for? Would you say? Well, as an example, like when I take people out, I'll tell my my men like, okay, watch this. I'm going to approach this group of women straight up uh, 90 degree angle flush to them. Yep. Hey guys, how you doing? What's going on? And just walk up and you just see, whoa, they just see them pull back. Right. Because it's just a lot of energy, a lot of intent. Yeah. Really focused in there, even if it's pleasant and jovial, you know, mm-hmm. and not creepy. And then, I, and then I say, okay, now watch me approach this group of girls and I'm going to approach them at a 45 degree angle. You know, right. I'm like, oh, oh, hey girls, how you doing? Like, what's going on? Like, and then, you know, go back to my friend or like, fine. I'd be like, did you notice the difference of how, just the angle of the body mm. is being perceived mm-hmm. in it. And mm-hmm. another, and then I teach about how we use muscle memory. For mm-hmm. instance, next time it's muscle memory and sense memory, which I'll get into, but muscle memory, obviously we know what muscle memory is, but the next time that you are in a place that you feel extremely comfortable, your good friends, your family, 
look at your body mm-hmm. memorize where your body is am i is my am i sitting with my knee up and my arm up here and sitting mm-hmm. kicking back like this am i splayed out am i sitting like this and memorize that pose and when you're out with people that you don't that, that are new to you mm-hmm. recreate that pose mm-hmm. because that will tell your body that is your relaxed pose. You may not quite feel it at the moment when you're putting yeah. it so it feels a little awkward, but your body remembers and it'll feel that. And then the sense memory is the same thing too. The example of sense memory is if you see an actor on stage um, crying, that actor mm-hmm. making millions of dollars on set yep. is not sad. Right. However, they had to remember a time where they were sad, bring that mm-hmm. sense up. Mm-hmm. And so when you're sitting around with your friends and your family, what's the volume of your voice? What's the tone of your voice? Are you interrupting each other, ball busting each other? You're giving each other space. Um, How do you feel about the situation? You know, and then again, try to recreate that amongst new people because most people don't like the awkward getting to know you first couple of sentences. And in fact, if you can kind of almost skip over that. Yeah. And just go, uh, you know, what I say is uh, uh, assume everyone is your friend. Yeah, I, I, yes, I say exactly the same thing with online dating. I always recommend jump into the middle of the conversation so you can have the banter back and forth so that you can definitely yes. have an experience where you just think I'm comfortable with this person. Let's yeah. see how they react to me. I, as an example, like I tell my, my men, uh-huh. I'm like, okay, if you're walking down the street and you see a woman with a cute dog, then you mm-hmm. want to talk to the woman. Yep. Oh, oh, what a cute little, oh, hey, he's all right if I pet him, like, what a cute little doggy, oh, hey, little one, oh, I, I think I've uh, seen these types around, do you, do you live around here? Mm. Nothing wrong with right. that, but imagine now if that were a friend of yours, mm-hmm. is that how you would have said it? No, yeah. oh, now I want you to say it pretending it's a friend of yours. Yeah. Oh, man time oh dude i miss having a dog like we can't have it in my apartment right now which really sucks but we got a cat who's a little bit of a bitch but anyways what kind is this one it's not a bichon is it oh cool all right just the e the way you approach that conversation mm-hmm. is going to be very differently you're going to bring a different energy to it yes and this is called an example of emotional leadership most people if you walk up to someone and say Oh my God, that, that, that food looks amazing. Where did you get it? Mm-hmm. They're not going to say, I got this food down the street at the Mandarin place. People naturally match your energy to a mm-hmm. bit. You know, where did you get that? Oh yeah, it's really good. You should go down there and get it. Right. You have so much power in creating the path of how you want that interaction to go. I love that. But if somebody thinks you're a little too much, they're not going to match your energy. They're going to just walk away. And that's where, you know, combining that with the observations and 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 stuff as well, too, is going to play into that, too, because mm-hmm. you can't teach anyone to memorize anything because the variables and, and stimuli are going to be different from night to night. And I could say do X one night and it works perfectly and they do X the next night and it blows up in their face. Mm-hmm. So we have to understand the rhythms and the machinations of what's going on underneath, you know, in our minds and sociology and psychology so we can understand why people are acting a certain way. And then once we know why they're doing that, then we can give them what they want, yes. you know, and hope that, you know, that works with what we want as well too. Yeah. But um, yeah, it just makes it much easier to understand that person. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Wonderful. And you've done like mock dates before. Have you oh, done yeah. them on Zoom? 
Yes. So what are you finding? So you're acting. So explain what a mock date is. Well, a mock date is when I meet with a person or third party, have one of my um, people that I work with meet with a person and you have a pretend date where you sit down. And the woman's aware of it too, but like, let's see what your conversation skills are like. Let me see yep. what your body language is like. Mm-hmm. It's also what you tell me your issues, challenges, problems are may not yep. be what your mm-hmm. issues, challenges and problems are. I want to see mm-hmm. them in real time. Yeah. And so if I'm the one doing it myself, you know, I try to lead in different directions or trying to, you know, poke in things and see what comes up. If I'm some, and sometimes which I actually prefer to do is I have someone that works for me, one of my, um, do it. And I'm physically there okay. like a table over because I want that same energy because as I am married with kids, yeah. no matter how I come into this I'm going to come in with a certain type of energy right? that I can't change just because that's Mm -hmm. who I am. Right. And so I would just more rather someone that they can play off of uh, better with that, with that single energy. And Mm -hmm. then I'll go back and be like, okay, you know, like halfway through meet with the guy. Okay. You know, what did you think? How was Mm -hmm. she? What should go over? What should this? And then I meet with that person again and Mm -hmm. we'll go through like, okay. This is the feed, like I'm sure this is the feedback that we have received. Right. Um, let's focus on this and see how we can make this better. Right. Basically. And what's an example of some feedback? A lot of women uh, are too closed off mm. in New York a little bit for okay. safety, for mm. lack of vulnerability, for type A reasons, whatever okay. it is. You saw the TikTok floating around about rejected by a matchmaker. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, like that type A type of woman, um, uh-huh. that there, there can be some challenges, uh, mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you tell women that are kind of shut down and not vulnerable? First, we have to establish trust. You know, I'm not going to sit there and accuse anybody of, of anything. We're going to sit and get into it. Mm-hmm. But what we do is I have to ask them, like, what do you want? Mm. Is it intimacy? Is it love? Is it physicality? Is it companionship? Is it marriage? Is it family? Is it Mm -hmm. children? All these can be in one package, but they're all separate things. Okay. So if you tell me what is most important to you, Mm -hmm. then we can start working backwards. If it's companionship, Mm -hmm. okay, what I hear is that it may not be as important for you to, for him to match your income level. Okay. But maybe be more interested in traveling and fun type of person, you know, it is, and it's hard because when I, so there's a phrase that no one wants to marry a businesswoman. They want to marry a woman that's in business. So Mm -hmm. it's not that we want you to dim your star at all. In fact, Mm -hmm. people in New York do not want shrinking violets. We like some backbone and some badassery and some black leather jackets. Yeah. Which is, you know, which is great. But um, we also want to know that you can be nurturing. Yeah. That that you can be soft. And this doesn't mean physically soft as in curvy. It doesn't mean weak mm-hmm. as in mm-hmm. soft just a space for i don't want to feel like i'm going home to my boss every night yeah. i want to yep. feel like i'm going home and so we talk about facets yeah you know if i go to um 
Like if you go to a party in Raleigh Friday night and you go to a beach party on a boat Saturday night, you're going to dress a little differently yep. for those two events. You'll act a little differently. You'll bring up slightly different topics of conversation because we fit into those areas, those locations. You have right. your boat facet facing forward. You've got your high society you know, facet facing forward. So trying to teach women, you can still be yourself, just move the facet yeah. to non-business woman facet. But also what I think a lot of women are struggling with right now is they feel, again, not think, feel mm -hmm. that if they date someone that is not above them, that they have negated everything that their grandmother fought for, everything mm -hmm. that their mother fought for, and everything that they fought for. And it's not mm -hmm. the case, but this is the way they feel about it. Mm -hmm. And it is hard to change the way people feel about things. Yeah, especially I agree with you. And especially if their first marriage, the guy, their ex-husband or late husband was a big earner. Yep. Now, I mean, not setting aside the fact that maybe he was not a great guy or maybe he divorced her for the secretary or yeah, whatever. Family the on the side. Exactly. Right. So um, but that is hard for people to to set aside. I think that there's going to be a, 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 a some sort of reckoning in the next 10 to 15 years for women. One, they've been sold a false bill of goods and we can't, no one can have it all. No one, no. man or woman can have it all. That's right. Um, and again, because you hear this like, well, I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to lower my yeah. expectations. I'm like, right. and then there's that, is that, are they realistic expectations? Or are they unrealistic expectations? Mm -hmm. And for some people, I will not marry someone that is not my intellectual superior or equal. Right. I understand your PhD. That's fine. You'd rather be alone than have a dummy at home. I get it. But yeah, then you have to be okay with being alone. Mm. Or you figure out what else is most more important to you. That's right. And, you know, pulling apart wants versus needs in anybody is a very tricky, tricky thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I work on that a lot with with the clients that I work with with online dating. Um, I always say if you can find somebody who can be perceptive of what your emotional needs are and are there for you in terms of sensitivity, in terms of humor, in terms of conversation, that can be quite enough yep. in any good relationship. Period. That's a great foundation and you can build a lot with mm -hmm. that. I read, I forget, um, forget which book it was. I'm always, you know, reading books and studies, but um, yeah. Somewhere as a grandmother said, like too many people right now are looking for uh, a house, a house, a, a house that's already built. What, mm. what you really need to be looking for is a clearing in the woods, mm. somewhere where you can build something. Yeah, you're not. It's not going to be built. It's not yeah. there already. But if you can find some fertile ground and a nice space that you can build something on, that's more important of what you want to look for. Oh, I love it. And you know what? We're going to end on that point. Let's do it. That is beautiful. Hunt, this has been amazing. How can people find you on socials? Thank you. Uh, you mm -hmm. can uh, find me on Instagram or on YouTube at Quest for Advice. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn a lot too. And I'm on Reddit. You can go poke around and find me there. I still get clients, honestly, from a um, post I did 10 years ago on Reddit. Um, Love that. Men use Reddit. Okay. So it's amazing to find uh, to find that. So. I, uh, 
Google my name. I, again, being in the industry for as long as I have, it, I've probably got about 500 articles and 150 videos or stuff out there too. So if you want, there is a rabbit hole that you can go down. I love it. We'll put um, Hunt's socials on, on the show notes. Thank you so much. This has been lovely. Thank as you. always, Thank hanging you. out with you. Absolutely. Thank you, Hunt. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Love on the Go. I hope you join us on our next episode. You can make sure to know when it is by following us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed it, it'd be great if you left us a review. I'd appreciate it. In the meantime, to learn more about me and how my team can help you, visit carolinasmatchmaker.com. Until next time.